Welcome to the County Pulse Podcast, where we take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond and talk with our friends, neighbors, and movers and shakers. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the County Pulse and drop a follow. Welcome our host, Jeff Dexter. Now let's get this thing started. Joining me today is Mike Cole, head coach for BBCHS Football. Thanks for joining us today, Coach Cole, and uh, welcome to the Pulse Podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate it. I'm excited to uh, to talk about athletics again. We've had a kind of a lull here the last couple months, and so when you asked me to be a part of this podcast, I was really excited to talk to you personally and also to be able to educate the community about what's going on and talk about Boilermaker Athletics. Well, I wanted to get you on the uh, podcast and just kind of figure out what's happening with football coming up this year and some other things that maybe are going on at BBCHS. So first, I wanted to talk a little bit about you so everyone knows who you are, and then we can get into the thick of things and discuss the BBCHS football program. So coach, where did you grow up at? Did you grow up around here? Yeah, actually, I was I was born in Kankakee and uh, went all through the schools in Kankakee a little bit and then went early with Grace Baptist. And my family moved to Bourbon A, went to Allen Shepherd, Jabona, upper grade, and ended up coming here back to Bradley High School. Graduated in 1993. My wife also graduated in 1993 from Bradley High School, so we got some strong roots here. So, yeah, I've always been in the area, always grew up here. Never knew I wanted to come back and actually be here until I started going to education my, my sophomore year in college. And once I decided I wanted to be in education, I knew I, my end game I wanted to be at Bradley High School and give back to the community that gave so much to me. You're pretty unique in the sense that you've got a twin brother, Mark, and yeah. uh, both of you are involved in uh, education. Yeah, absolutely. He's a principal at Bradley Central here, less than a mile away from the high school. So we talk every day and he's, he's remained my best friend my whole life. I'm really blessed to have him in my life. And he is, yeah, he, he's passionate about Boilermaker Athletics as well and loves our football program and uh, actually coaches basketball here in the high school for Coach Wrenchin, uh, who's the varsity assistant this past year. So he is uh, yeah, a tremendous friend of mine, obviously as a twin brother, but uh, he's got strong roots here as well and is back in the area. Well, let me just say this as a, a host, uh, but most importantly, as a parent and a person of the community, you know, I try to watch folks in the community and you'll find out as you get to know me, I'm not yeah. the type of guy that's going to blow smoke up your skirt, but I say to a lot of folks that uh, having the Cole brothers back in the community yeah. and serving in, in education and sports, uh, we're a blessed community for having you. So I really appreciate the fact that you've come back to your roots and uh, that you're in part of education, you're in, you're part of uh, the athletics, and I think you do a great job uh, with the athletic program there and in particular football. I appreciate it. I, I was really blessed when I came through here to have awesome coaches like Coach Barkley uh, and Coach Kenzer, and I had some really good coaches here when I was in high school, so I'm excited to get back. I appreciate your compliment. Did you play football uh, yeah. high school? Yeah, I actually played football in high school, played football, basketball. I ran track my junior, senior year. And so, yeah, I played all four years here at Bradley, and then I ended up playing in college at Millican University in Decatur, Illinois, a uh, school of about 3,000 students. I played football and basketball all four years in college as well. So, yeah, I, I've been involved with, with football for a long time, and I uh, started playing, I think my dad signed me up when I was in fifth grade, and I never played quarterback until my freshman year of high school, um, and then I, I that's the only position I played after that. So, yeah, I played high school football, and then I played in college as well. The programs went through some really good times since you've been there. I think we were, what, one play away from going to uh, state, is that correct? 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, when I got the head job 10 years ago, I, I told people we're going to win a state championship here. And, and a lot of people doubted that. And I still believe that that's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think it's a matter of time before we win a state championship. In 2015, we were uh, yeah, literally a second away from playing for a state title. We had a snow game here against Libertyville uh, on the turf here. There's a couple feet of snow. It was an awesome atmosphere for our kids, a game I'll never forget. Um, and then we had a kid from Libertyville dive in with no time on the clock. Some of the couple of refs thought he wasn't in, and a couple of refs thought he was in. So it's kind of, you couldn't see the goal line. There's so much snow out there. But yeah, we've had some really good years. You know, in the year after that, we were nine and zero, won the conference, beat Lincoln Way East here in Bolingbrook, and be some bigger schools in the state. So I, I, we've had some really good years. The last couple of years, we've been four and five, and just a, a couple of plays away from getting in the playoffs. Um, I know we're going to talk about that here in a couple of minutes as far as our schedule and things like that. But yeah, we've been fortunate to have some some really good years. Well, just so you know, I'm on the side of. He didn't make it in, and we won the state championship. So I appreciate that. That's all mine. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't go to that game, but we watched the game. I think you had the game. Yeah, was on, streamed. Yeah, was streamed. So we were able to watch yeah. that, and that was fantastic. Great. So, yeah. how has it been this year for you as a person, and and as well as your program, dealing yeah. with the COVID nineteen pandemic issue? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but it's been really rewarding for me. The virus has as far as my family, because it's really caused me to push the reset button, kind of take a deep breath and make sure I have my priorities straight as far as where I'm spending my time. I have six mom kids and a beautiful wife at home. And sometimes you get running around with all your kids and different, you know, activities and travel sports. And this virus kind of slowed us down. And every night now we sit down and have dinner together, you know, connect eyeballs with your own people, you know, your own family. And I, I spend a lot of my time with other kids, other adults' kids, you know, and I sometimes spend more time with them than I do my own kids. So this virus has kind of helped me take, push the reset button and kind of really slow down. I think once we get going again, my family will continue to be uh, slower than it was prior to the virus, just because I think we can get caught up in what everyone else is doing sometimes and not, not slow down enough to, to make sure we're with our own people and love our own people. Uh, so that's been good. As far as the, the football program, it's been a, a big challenge. You know, I, I love our young people. I have 18 coaches on my staff that love young people and it's hard to, to care about them when you're not with them face to face. And so it's been a huge challenge. You've done some optional zoom stuff and probably not enough zoom stuff. You know, here at Bradley high school, we're a melting pot. So a lot of our, our kids come from various backgrounds. Some of our kids are loved at home and, and some are not. Um, and so that creates a dynamic too in itself of, you know, what kids need. Um, and I definitely know there's no replacement for face-to-face uh, occasion, you know, and that's something that we've missed. And I'm excited to get back this Friday just to see our kids, you know, face-to-face and I, I can't hug them yet, but, uh, but as soon as I can hug them, I'll be hugging them and, uh, and loving on them. And so, we're excited to kind of get back to normal here a little bit um, and whatever IHSA keeps releasing the guidelines here. But it's kind of about a two-phase thing for me because we're really kind of a little bit depressed about the football aspect of it and sports aspect. But in the, in the same area, I've been kind of rejuvenated with my own family and uh, putting my phone away and kind of taking a deep breath and connecting eyeballs with my own kids. Yeah, I think it's important to pull something positive out of something negative. You know, I was in labor relations for 26 years and – found out that I always had to find something positive in the in in the things that I did with folks even when the situations were dark and I think you're right we've spent a lot of time together my my wife as well as probably your wife was because she's at the school wife was the hygienist was shut down so we spent quite a lot of time together so I told her because I'm a little bit older than you coach that this is good practice for retirement. So if we don't kill each other, I think we're going to be moving fine towards retirement. So we made it through pretty good. 
That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, how do you manage to keep your team and keep the team focused on the upcoming fall season? Yeah. Since you can't see them, you can't meet with them because that face to face time is really, really important. Not to mention, of course, the physical aspect of it, but keeping kids right. focused on what's going on. How do you do that with the pandemic going on? Yeah, it's, it's, I definitely know you can't do it like we, we can with, without the pandemic. I mean, it, it, you can't try to make it like it was because it's, it's going to be different. Um, I don't want to overwhelm our kids. A lot of our kids in our football program currently have to work because their parents are not working. Um, so, we I think we have 12 to 13 kids in our program that are um, trying to get jobs to help, you know, pay the bills at home because their parents can't work. So, there are a lot of different dynamics there. You want to make sure you're sensitive to all of that. Um, and and uh, I think – you know, the Zoom stuff is really good. The dynamics of that, seeing kids, you know, on the computer screen is awesome. I, I know a lot of kids have found some comfort in that. And then, you know, the nice thing about our program, and we're a little bit different than some programs in the state, is we don't do a lot of football stuff in June. We lift and run and condition, and we really get fired up in July. July 6th is when we uh, really start our team stuff. So it's been, it's been kind of nice for us because I don't, I don't feel like we're really behind yet because our June is mainly strength conditioning. And then you know, in July we get going. So I'm hoping we can keep moving on and from phase to phase and we can get 50 kids here instead of 10. So hopefully we keep progressing there. But it's definitely been a challenge. And I keep telling our coaches, you know, some of my guys are really passionate and, and our strength guy being one of them, Adam Vogel, and, he, and I keep telling them it's not going to be like it, it was. You know, we got to take a deep breath. And if you feel behind, it's okay. You know, everyone should be behind. If they're doing it right, you know, you're going to be behind. If you're thinking about the kid's safety and you love your kids, you're going to do things right and everyone's going to be behind. We're talking today to Coach Mike Cole. He's the head football coach at uh, BBCHS. And Coach Cole, how long have you been at Bradley in the capacity of head coach? Yeah, this is, uh, I'll be heading into my 11th season as the head football coach here. I was an assistant 12 years prior to that. So I'm looking at almost 23 years here at BBCHS, which is amazing to say. But it's been a great, great time, great experience. Um, I'm going to my 11th season. I got a surrounded by some really good guys uh, on my staff. Four of them have been head coaches uh, in other high schools prior to being on my staff. So surrounded by some good people. Uh, I'm blessed about that. I got a great wife uh, that's allowed me to step away from my family and and, uh, and be a head football coach and serve other other families uh, like I try to do. Um, so yeah, this is my 11th season as the head coach. And you mentioned your coaches and your coaches, uh, it's probably been a little bit of a task for you to keep them not necessarily focused. They may be hyper focused yeah. uh, right yeah. now, just trying to get back into things. And you know, you've sure. got a great group of coaches. I've I've met a lot of them and talked to a lot of them. They've all had good things to say to me. And yeah. so you surrounded yourself some with some really good people. So how I know this isn't something we planned on talking about, but with your coaches, how do you keep them? You, it, yeah. With with the kids, sometimes it's with the work and being home and distractions and stuff. You're really yeah. trying to push them out. Probably with your coaches, you're trying to pull them back a little bit. Sure. Yeah, and that, that process is going to start here actually this week. I got some things written down, and sometimes I, I neglect my staff because they're they're adults, and uh, but they need my guidance too, uh, you know, as assistants, and they want to know what's going on, and they want to be back with our kids, you know, and back on the turf as soon as possible. Our special teams guys are one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life, Daniel Coach Nelson, and uh, he's constantly asking me, can I get the kickers on the turf, and can I get out there, and I want and I want to see these kids. The kids need us, and they're reminding me of the important the important part of the face to face contact our kids need, you know. So I I can't wait till Friday to get our kids back on campus, even if they just sit, you know, six feet apart, and we can talk to them about life and 
Um, you know, the best thing about my staff is they teach so much more than a game of football. And that, that's actually their focus, why we've had success. And um, that's why I feel really good about no matter what our record is in football, uh, whether we're 2-7 and seven or 9-0 and oh and playing for state titles, I, after the nine-week season, feel really good about where we're at. And going to my 11th season as far as what we're teaching these kids, character-wise, you know, how to respect people. Um, and, and, and my staff does a great job of like, keeping us in, in the right lane with that. Well, and I know there was a couple seasons ago, you had did some video stuff, a group, uh, I think it's based here locally, but uh, there's some kids, I think they work out of, they're going through their media college degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you have some really great videos, and I'm going to put those up with our podcast. I'm going to try to put stuff up there, because I think some of the important things that people don't understand about Bradley football is the way you talk to the kids about winning is the least important thing that we do. Um, Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, and I get goosebumps thinking about it, because I've I've changed a lot the last 10 years being the coach. When I I first got the job, I, I thought I was defined by winning, and some people in the community still define me as the head coach by winning. So if we win we're nine and zero win the conference. I'm a really good coach, and if we're two and seven and lose, and I'm not a very good coach, but I've really come to, to learn that our, our kids, the, after, the young men in our program, want to be loved, and I, I need to teach them how to love each other. Uh, and that's going to be a new thing for us this year. You're going to hear me talk about is Leo. Um, I got it from Indiana University. The guy Tom Allen's a great Christian man, a gr- really good leader. He is. That's what they they end every practice with Leo, and it just stands for love each other. And, and if I can teach the kids to do that. I've seen young men drastically change their mindset from the time they came in this program as freshmen uh, to the time they leave, whether it's making eye contact with you or hugging you. I, I think there's a lot of things that we've you can neglect if you're focused on winning. And I, I was always told by the best coaches I have, if you do the small things and teach some character stuff, you'll win. And we have here. That's been true. So uh, our kids, after they lose a game and they run off the field, their parents may look at them different because we lost or their grandparents or the community, but they don't feel different. They're starting to feel Hey, I'm doing the right thing. I'm acting right. I'm, I give community service. I help young older people shovel snow. Um, you know, whatever the small little things are that you know they treat teachers with respect. So they hold their head up, head up high when they lose too. And I think that's important because I, I would hope no one that uh, cares about young people would say, "Hey, you're less of a person because you you lost a football game." So, but winning's important here. And if you watch this practice, I think if you came to one of our practices and watched how we do things, it's uh, you know, we, are, we get on our kids. We expect a lot out of them. You know, if we want them to stand on the 10-yard line, they're going to be on the 10-yard line. And so we have high expectations, yet we love them. And I think the, the combination there is really important. Well, I think it's really important for some of your student-athletes who may not have that structure or that love that they get at home. And, and unfortunately, we've experienced that uh, through different uh, sports that we've participated in. Where we've seen kids who just don't have the things built in yeah. from a family perspective. Yeah. And so it's really, I think, important that you talk about that and that you do that because I, I think me and you had talked before, and I think you had mentioned this in one of your videos. Some of these kids, when you hug them, it may be the first time they've ever been hugged. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing to me the number of kids that are not comfortable with it because, they, they, you know, they're 17 years old, junior in high school, they've never been hugged before. And so it, it, it takes a while to break down the walls and try to, to let them know that it's okay to, to love other people and that I, I, you do care about them. There's a lot of barriers there, you know, with trust and things like that. But uh, I definitely think it's something our program focuses on. And we hug each other every Wednesday night practices. And then the first Wednesday night's always uncomfortable by the 
fourth or fifth Wednesday that we're together. You know, we're together 12 to 14 weeks. Our kids are begging to, to hug each other on Wednesday nights. You know, it becomes real. And I think you got to practice caring about each other. And, and we do that here. I'm really proud of that more than I'm proud of how many games I've won as a head coach or what my record is. I don't even know what my record is. And, but I'm really proud of our kids grow to learn. Uh, it's really not about them. And we can help other people. And, and that, that's a great way to raise your self-esteem and a, a great way to uh, help relieve stress is just by caring about other people. You know, I know we veered off there a little bit on that. And we kind yeah. of, I tend to put out ahead of time for folks, just kind of an idea of what we're going to talk about. But sure. I think that from my perspective is such an important part of what we do at Bradley yeah. uh, and what you've implemented at Bradley um, that it. it's really hard not to see those kids and it's really hard not to see those kids and not to love those kids. So I hope everybody understands that coming through the Bradley program and really adopt that. And I think the LEO is going to be a big hit and it's going to be something that should go beyond just the players. It should go to uh, everyone in our community, especially in the times that we're facing right now. Absolutely. So let's jump in, if we can, yep. into football. Uh, any changes, Coach, you in style or play logic parents or fans can expect for 2020 season? Yeah, I think uh, they'll see some changes uh, offensively. Maybe we're looking to go more of a pro-style offense, and we haven't done that in a couple of years. In 2015, we had four kids that could really run, and uh, so we're a spread team. You know, dynamics offensively. In high school, you got to adjust based off your personnel. I mean, at college, you can recruit those kids every year and get them. But in high school, you know, if you don't have a kid, you don't, you don't have four wide receivers that can run and catch, it's hard to play a four wide receiver. So I think the next couple of years, we're looking at what we have coming up and what we currently have. You'll see us play more at the tight end offensively um, and maybe even two backs, you know, a fullback and a, and a tailback. And you'll see that a little bit more. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback yet, but you know, it's going to be someone with not a, not a lot of experience in the varsity level or no experience, I should say. Um, so I, I, I'm excited about that because I think our offensive line is going to be one of the best we've had since I've been the head coach. Um, and I, I'm excited about our offensive line and kids coming back. Uh, we've got a couple of starters returning. Uh, the Priller kid at left tackle, the OZ kid at center, Folgers kid at left guard, and we got uh, several other kids at Georgia List and other kids that can come in and, and really be, have an impact up front. I think you'll see us run the ball a little bit more and with a little bit more play action, even from under center. You know, we haven't gone under center the last couple of years, but I I, uh, I think you'll see us more under center. We're still going to play tempo like we always have as far as you know, we'll be able to go real fast. We'll be able to slow things down based off who we're playing or what we need to do. But um, you'll see us a little bit more, I think, be effective running the ball. And then defensively, we're real excited about our front seven. Hollis Daniels is a nose guard for us. He's a really talented kid, great young man. Uh, and then Zoe Burns, a three technique for us inside. They're probably two of the best interior linemen we've had together. 11 years I've been a head coach, so it's always nice to start inside out defensively, and we're excited about those two kids up front. So it's nice to, to say, you know, sometimes as, as a coach you say, i got good skill kids, no line, um, but not right now we're looking at our offensive and defensive line saying, hey, we may go from the inside out, which is which is exciting because you can control the ball. You can also uh, stop the run and get the ball back. So uh, that, mainly that, those are the main things you'll see from us, differences. And we have two, I mean, I, people know about this in the community, but we have two of the best kickers in the country, and I say country con- confidently, um, because they've been recruited by some really big schools, uh, South Carolina, some Ivy League schools, and I mean, there's some big Division One schools looking at both of our kickers. Graham Johnson is going to be a senior, as well as Colin Hopkins. So those two kids, uh, our, our special teams, arguably could be the best we've had in school history here because of those two kids. A lot of the kids, you know, I see them on their Twitter stuff. I see them doing sure. different things. Um, Hollis, uh, I remember, used to come over when he was in grade school. And coach, it was like he went to high school and then that kid is big. 
He's a he's yeah. a big, strong kid. He's always been a very good kid, but he would come over yeah. with our son, and, and he was always such a good kid, but he just seemed to start growing into his body more and more, and um, it, it looks like he's turned out to be a really, really good asset. I would speak of the other kids. I just don't know them. Sure, but sure. I try to remember the kids that come through our house, and we've been blessed yeah. to have a lot of kids come through the house and, and yeah. good kids. And uh, he was one that kind of stuck in my mind when you were talking. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he, he could be one of the strongest kids that come through here, too. He, weight room-wise, he's unbelievably strong, and he's got a lot of fast-switch muscles in his body. He's a big, like you said, big, strong kid. So we're excited for him. He'll be definitely one of our leaders as a senior. Uh, I'm excited about our senior class. We've got a lot of kids that can lead. And usually I pick summer captains. We're going to announce those next week. And our summer captains, usually I'm trying to find 12. And this year I found 21 kids that could lead us. And I felt that I feel good about, you know, that's, that's a huge compliment to our senior class. And I thought at this level that we play, you know, the 8A football and the, and the Lincoln Ways and the Bowling Brooks, if you don't have seniors, it's hard. You know, that one year is a big difference. The kids change a lot. And if you don't have good seniors, it's hard to win. And uh, we're excited about our senior class. Well, and that kind of leads me into our conference. Uh, I think we're in yeah. the Southwest Suburban Conference. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And that conference includes Andrew, Bolingbrook, Carl Sandberg. If I'm wrong here, I I, I try to pick this up. Homewood, Flossmoor, Lincoln Way Central, Lincoln Way East, Lincoln Way West, Lockport, and Stag. Right. Uh, I know there's some there's been some changes in the Lincoln Way schools and stuff because I think they opened yeah. one and then closed one. But is that about right yeah. of of, of yeah, the folks in our that's conference? Right. But, yeah, the dynamics of the conference has really changed when the the T schools got out. So I I say T schools Thornton, Thorn Ridge, and Thornwood all left the conference, and um, what that caused problems for us is that they were all our size. There's 1,600 to 2,000 kids in those those schools, and they leave the conference now. We're crossing over with schools of 3,600, you know, and so. It's a, it's a huge challenge, and that, a lot of a lot of reasons that we haven't been in the playoffs is because of what I just said. Uh, we're, we're playing schools that are a lot bigger than us now, um, and we've had some teams the last couple of years that in seven eight playoffs could make some noise and be in the quarterfinals, and we just haven't gotten the playoffs, you know. And so it's a, a, a compliment to our, our conference and who we're playing. Um, I know one of your questions was like, how do you feel about the conference? And I, you know, if we if we make the playoffs, we're going to win the first couple playoff games. I feel just because of who we play, it prepares us for big time football. I mean, Lincoln Ways this past year won the eight A state championship, arguably one of the best teams in the last decade in, in Illinois. And our kids got a chance to go up there and play them at their place. You know, and we beat them a couple of years here at home. Um, so our, our kids know that they're in games. They, we were playing some of the best football in the Midwest. And, you know, there's other schools, local schools around here that are doing a great job with their programs, doing some good things, but they just don't play the caliber that we play. And kids that come here know they're going to have to get after it. Um, and and, and it's, it's exciting to see that evolve of the, just the belief in that we can play with anybody, you know, and that, that's kind of where our kids are at. Yeah, and that was one of my questions. Some of those schools are larger, and do you see that changing? I know there was some discussion about yeah. uh, capping who you play. Uh, yeah. So you know, a school with twenty two hundred yeah. kids aren't aren't they're not playing a team in their conference of thirty six hundred. Do you see that changing? And if you I do, I, at yeah. some point, if that does change at some point. What are the details of that change or the effective year, sure. if you have any information on that? Yeah, so it, it got approved. Uh, it was voted on and got approved, actually, that the district football is what's called. The IHS is going to take over and basically make schedules for people. And the reason why it's such an issue is because so many teams are just you know getting out of conferences. Right now, Clifton and Moment, they can't find a conference to get in because everyone's trying to win five games. 
And uh, in order to get in the playoffs, you got to win five. So the district football was approved. And what that would mean for Bradley High School is that we would play um, some of the teams in our conference, like Lincoln Way West, who was our size, who I love playing, and Andrew, who's our size. And, but we'd also play teams like Romeoville, which is a school of 1,800. Uh, we may play teams like Shepherd, which is 2000. So I, I think it's a matter of time because conferences keep blowing up. And, and, and with that district football, everyone possibly could be in the playoffs. And that takes away the fact of who you're playing. I would love if everyone could be in the playoffs. There's some states that do that now. I mean, with our schedule, I, I don't want to keep our schedule like it is and then jump into seven-day playoffs and make some noise every year because, you know, we'd be prepared. So I think because of the breakup and because of what's going on at the, with all the conferences and trying to win five games, something's going to eventually change. The next year, for sure, it's not. Um, but I can see in the, in the next three to four years them going to district football or some form of playing eight games and everyone's in the playoffs or so, you know something looks like that because just too many te- too many conferences are breaking up. And and I seen that the schedule was set initially, and yeah. I tried to look, and it's hard to find the schedule. You've got the schedule, or yeah. at least some idea of the schedule. The schedule that yeah. I was able to pull, I pulled from uh, Max Prep. Um, yeah. And I provided to you, is that like yeah, that, a condensed schedule for us? Pretty, it was pretty close. Uh, we're opening up with Chicago CICS Longwood. It's a public league team from up in Chicago. Um, we're going to open up with them on the 28th of August. That's so a home game. Talked to the head coach a couple of times, real nice guy. And it's going to be a great uh, first round game for us to see where we're at. Um, then we go down to O'Fallon, uh, which is a real big school that's uh, down by St. Louis. Played them here last year. They beat us uh, at the very end of the a game there we played right with them. I know our sophomore game was a great game too. Then we go our conference schedule, which is Lincoln Way East, Lincoln Way Central, Bolingbrook, Andrews, Stag, Lincoln Way West, and we finish up with Sandberg. So I think you had most of the most of the games around there. The game, the last game of the year at home against Sandberg was not on the, the Max Preps you sent me, but it should be on there coming up here soon if it's not yet. Because I know Max Preps is updating their website, but yeah, that, that's who we're playing. And it's uh, I tell you what, it's game in and game out. We got to get after it. You, know, you got to stay healthy and got to keep fighting and. And, uh, and keep playing. And we got to keep loving each other through it all. You know, and sometimes when you're not winning, it's tough because a lot of different people are pulling your team in different directions. And, but I, you know, I feel really good about where our program's at and we can compete in this conference. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, that, that's where, that's what our schedule is here coming up. So is that a condensed schedule if someone's looking at that or is that schedule just holding, looking yeah. at what would normally happen if we weren't coming out of this pandemic? Yeah, so it, it could be it could change. That that's our schedule if everything comes back to normal. But if it doesn't, there's possibilities that we could play six regular season games and then everyone jump in the playoffs. So maybe we don't start till September. We don't, you know, September 18th, and we miss our first three games. Um, and, and there's been talk of that. Play your last six. Everyone gets in the playoffs. That way, kids can stay healthier, and and then go from there. So that that's definitely a possibility. They talked about a lot of different things. I I know one thing we will not do is we will not swap. I know Ohio's thinking about having football in the spring. Um, and here we're not going to do that. We're going to keep football in the fall. Um, and so, but I, I can definitely see us starting a little bit later, possibly. You know, going in starting September 18th and jumping to Lincoln Central, and then you know playing the schedule out from there. Everyone gets in the playoffs and they go. A lot of things could change. I know IHSA is really trying to. They're meeting all the time, trying to think what's best for our kids. You know, it's a big year. I mean, for your son, he's going to be a junior. He's going to be a college football player. You know, that junior year is a big year. So IHSA has got their eyes on kids like that to make sure we're going to get them an opportunity to compete. Uh, be seen by colleges and be able to you know, have the best future. You know, uh, so I think they're they're meeting about that kind. Of, I have a meeting today at three thirty. Actually, a Zoom meeting with those guys, and so I should find out more then. It appears from the schedule, the schedule's still pretty tough. It's a schedule that prior to this, I think we were going to start in O'Fallon. Is that correct? And then, yeah, right. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
And is yeah. your thought process, Coach, because O'Fallon's always tough, no matter where they're, what they're doing. It seems to me that O'Fallon's always tough. They've got a lot of good yep. athletes down there. Um, yep. Is yep. that part of your thought process, start out tough, get them ready because of the tough conference we're in? Absolutely. I mean, we play, yeah, O'Fallon's got unbelievable athletes. If you watch the state track meet, boy, state track meet, they're always down there with some fast kids. And so when they popped up on that, they were old. We actually pursued to play them. I, I want to give our kids opportunities to compete against some of the best teams in the state of Illinois. And could we schedule someone else and their first two games be definitely wins for sure? Uh, we probably could do that. And, and but that's not what we're doing right now. We're going to try to challenge our kids early in the year. Um, it's hard to watch film if you're going to win 55 nothing. You know, there, there's a lot of schools can do that. Um, but I, I don't think our, I know my own boys, personal boys, my eighth grader is going to be a freshman. Um, he don't he don't like winning 55 nothing. It's not fun for anybody. So it's going to be a great opportunity for us early in the year at Old Fallon to compete at a high level, and uh, we're excited to go down there and compete. With that conference, mm-hmm. one, what do you expect from our team, and what teams do you see as being part of some of the best competition for us in the Southwest Suburban Conference? Yeah, it's the schools of 3,000. You, know, you look at the Lincoln Way East and the Bowling Brooks, those two schools there are always deep in the 8A playoffs. And I, I would say those are the two toughest teams. And they're all tough, but I, if you had to pick two teams out of that group that we play, Lincoln Way East and Bowling Brook are, are two of the the toughest teams. And you look at Lincoln Way Central, who year in, year out is really good. Uh, they're our size, though, you know, 2,000 kids. I think the number one determining factor of high school football is your enrollment. And I, I've always said that. Um, and, and so if you got 2,000, they got 2,000. There's not much really, you can, not much difference. I mean, you go compete and, and do your best. And every school that we play of 2,000 kids, we're right there. Uh, we may lose 12 to 3 or 12 7, or, you know, but it's going to be a football game. We may win 28 27. Like we beat Lincoln Way Central last year in overtime, uh, made an extra point um, to, to beat them in overtime at third place. So, yeah, the, the schools of 2000 were right there. The, the toughest the teams that we play are no question the the, uh, the bigger schools, the schools of 3,000 kids with Lincoln East and Bolingbrook. And so as we head into this season, no matter what it turns out to be, and, and I think it's important to note that this COVID-19 pandemic, however you want to refer to it, is problematic. I know there's a lot of parents who sure. uh, and a lot of fans who just want to play football, right? We want to get back yeah. into the normal see of it but these organizations that oversee our kids and our schools are doing what's best for our kids because this this pandemic could impact not just you but certainly your kid and your athlete and so they're doing the best they can do i know it's a little frustrating but it's something we have to remember as we move forward and i hope everybody remembers that as you said the schedule could change it may not change but they should be prepared for whatever dealt us in the IHSA and you, and you're still serving in the capacity of athletic director, correct? Sure. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's not, it's not just this sport. It's every other sport too. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we're trying to figure out right now. You know, the, Everyone wants to race back and be normal again, and I, I respect. I still do I, and uh, and you know, but the number one thing is going to be taking care of our athletes, and you know, we're going to take their temperatures when they get here Friday. Every kid gets out of the car, we get the temperature right away, and make sure they're good, and ask them a series of questions, and uh, make sure they're six feet apart. We're going to follow these guidelines because, you know, the last thing we want to do is get back too early and then all falls canceled. You know, that, that could happen if people aren't following the guidelines, and you know, you got seven kids that get COVID in your high school. I mean, a very easy possibility that we won't play fall sports. You know, but I, I do have a real good feeling that if we can. You know, ease our way back into it like IHSA has us doing, the health department has us doing it, I think we can definitely play football in the fall, and that's, that's the goal. Great. Let me ask you a question, and I don't know if you want to talk yep. about this or not, but yep. any players uh, which are coming back uh, to play again or that are coming up that you think 
is going to have uh, immediate impact for BB this year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you look at our kids are going to be juniors. It's always hard to tell sophomore football-wise uh, what that looks like. But we have a couple kids, and I'm probably going to leave a couple out. Um, but Diedrich D is a linebacker for us ever since he's been a freshman. I knew he was going to be a special player. As youth football coaches uh, told me when he got here, you know, watch out for this Diedrich D kid. And he's a great young man. Uh, and, all, all, you know, all of our kids are, are really good people. But Diedrich is a really good kid in the classroom. He's a really good kid in the hallway. He's a linebacker for us. Uh, he can play offense, too, somewhere. So I think we got to find a spot for him. And um, Grayson Dexter, who I know you, you know pretty well as a kid, that's really had a great offseason. Um, and it, it, with size, I don't know how tall he is, but is he how tall is he? Well, mom hasn't marked the mark on the wall, but I think he's yeah. he's hovering six five. We we're trying a little stretching machine to get him a little bit. No, I'm not just yeah, kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> mom 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 usually handles that. So I don't know if they did this at your house when you were little, but they had little marks oh, yeah. and and absolutely. So our one wall yeah. is uh, right by uh, where you walk into the uh, living room. She's done yeah. that. So she's doing it both shoes on, shoes off, and she's noting those things. So, you know, he, he's hovering right at right around the 6'5 area, I think. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we're looking yeah. forward to getting him back and, and getting him focused, too. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, he's he's a kid in that class, and it's a uh, it's full of great kids. Noah Scheller's another kid that's like kind of like Grayson, a little bit longer kid, likes contact, hasn't played football a real long time, but uh, like Grayson, you know, he's kind of a, a new to it, but he's really grabbed onto the sport. So, and then our our seniors coming back. I got twenty four kids circled here. I'm not going to talk about all of them. Daniel Schultz is a returning Mike linebacker for us. Loves contact. Uh, really aggressive kid. He could play some tailback for us as well. Ethan McCarty's returning on offense as a running back slash receiver. Uh, another phenomenal kid, Chris Bernardi. I talked about our two kickers. Uh, Chris Bernardi is a wide receiver, defensive back. And our two kickers I talked about. Uh, Omarion Sherrod is a defensive lineman. Uh, Jaden Calloway is a great kid. Uh, Zach Starr, I'm going down our list right now. I mean, Hollis Daniels, Ozzy, Tyler Cole, Burns, George List, Priller. And I, I, I say all these kids just because they're all great kids. And I'm skipping a couple. You know, I, I don't want to read every senior, senior to you. But uh, I'm excited about that. You know, the, the coolest thing about this group of kids is it's a melting pot. They come from different backgrounds. Um, but yet they do care about each other. And uh, it's going to be a fun group to be around. I, I know they're going to be sad when it's over, whether it's going to be week nine or week 12 or whenever it's over. Uh, they're passionate about football. They love it. And they're going to lead this junior group. Uh, one thing you're going to see a change in our program this year, too, and I got an incoming freshman and boy, and uh, our seniors are going to serve our freshmen a little bit more, not because of my boys are freshmen, but this guy's some of the best programs I've talked to and coaches I've talked to, their seniors are servants. Uh, and I love that. Um, and we haven't done a very good job of that here. And I'm excited for this group to kind of start that here, that new culture of serving the younger kids. Call it a big brother program, whatever you want to call it. But our freshmen are going to be served by by these senior leaders in our program. And I can't wait to get that, that process started and going. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good thing uh, that you're doing for not just for one or the other, the seniors or the freshmen, but how do the seniors become role models for those freshmen? And how do those sure. freshmen have people to look up to? And then how do they help be a, a teacher, a leader, and not just in football, but that's the stuff that they can apply throughout their life. When they become a yeah. father, they become a husband, they become part of a company, a school, or whatever, is how do you take people in and teach them things? And I think to to understand that it's this whole thing is much bigger than them. So I think by giving back and giving to your freshmen, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I'm excited to watch this unravel and see how it goes. And I got 
I mean, Coach Fox is a really good, uh, uh, is a great coach, and, and he he was a head coach at Monmouth before he got here, and he um, he's been studying a lot of this race stuff and equity and uh, just what's going on in our country right now. You mentioned when we first started talking about you know what's going on with our country with all this uh, protests and violence and things like that with this police officer making poor decision and just being transparent with our kids about that and uh, and really open up those lines of communication as a white man really listening uh, to our kids that are, uh, are from different backgrounds and different races and. Uh, we have a Zoom meeting tonight at 7.30. I'm really excited about six of our uh, black athletes that are seniors and six uh, of our white kids. Um, and then a couple of our coaches, you know, we have a couple of uh, black coaches in our program and myself and Coach Fox, really just being transparent with each other. And how, how can we break down those walls? You know, that's just one one example of the things that we're trying to do in our program. And we steer away from talking about it because it's hard. You know, you talk about courageous conversations and we've been trained here in our school through that. But it's, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me is to be able to listen to these kids and give them an opportunity to, to talk about how they feel about what's going on with our country and, and, and uh, their frustrations with it. So I'm excited about that meeting tonight. You know, that's a, that's a Zoom meeting tonight at 730 that Coach Fox set up. And but these senior leaders, like you said, they, they, they're they're so crucial. I know my own incoming freshman looks up to all these kids, whether he should or not, it's because they're senior football players. They're bigger and stronger and faster than him, and that's who he wants to be. And um, and so they got a, they got some big shoes to fill with our former class that this lot, but this, this group's a pretty special group. To kind of touch back a little bit on what you were talking about and and, and what's happening in this community, uh, Charlotte and I uh, had a coach that we dealt with when Grayson was playing travel basketball, and he was always a. We knew he was kind of a sensitive guy in the sense that he really worried about the kids and stuff like that, and we were wanting to know amongst ourselves between me and her how he's doing. And right. long behold, I got a text from him and he had some questions, um, sure. had some questions about people that we know and what's going on. And so sure. I try to check in with him every day. How are you doing? You want to talk? What do you want to do? Um, yep. Just because I don't know what he's experiencing. Um, but I think it's important that you take the boys in and talk to them but I think it's yep. also important for the coaches, and I think it's important that the coaches know and the players know uh, that uh, all the players know and all the coaches know, but in particular at this time, those players and those coaches uh, who are suffering and confused and don't know what this means, that yep. they know that we love them. Uh, as parents, we love them. As a community, we love them. And so I think that's a great thing that you're doing Um and I hope that uh, your discussion tonight goes well. And, yeah. you know, always know that I think your parents, while we seem to be all over and sometimes we can be a pain, uh, that we yeah. come together and uh, we adopt yeah. those kids as though they're our own, all those kids. So, yeah, you know, you know yeah, you, you, one thing one thing's been really rewarding for me the last 11 years is watching the families take care of other kids. You know, our community is really blessed with that. And not just your family, but other families I've seen in the last 11 years of just really taking other kids in their house and say, hey, this, you know, my food's your food. <laughs> you know, and my air conditions, your air condition. It's, it's a great community to be a part of. And the only way to break down those walls is to talk about it. You know, and I think, uh, like you just said, I'm, I'm hoping tonight's conversation with our, our leaders and our, our program uh, I know for a fact it's going to filter down in the rest of our program and we're going to have some open dialogue and, and just kind of sit and be real with each other. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the head football coach, you want to do football only. And uh, that's, that's one of the least things that I'm worried about right now. Our, our staff knows football. We know how to coach it. We know how to win. And 
we'll get our kids in the right spot, but it's teaching all the other stuff that you got to make sure you take, slow down, take a deep breath and, you know, look at what's really important. Like you said. It, it certainly is. And when you talk about kids coming in and eating and air yeah. conditioning and stuff, I usually have those kids come in and eat because I know that otherwise Grayson will eat it all. So I, I <laughs> there that. you go. That's a uh, strategy too. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> share. He's got to learn to share a little bit. Um, That's right. That's so right. we've kind of touched a little bit on this, but what are some, yeah. as it relates to the players, what are some important building blocks for young players uh, as well as up and coming players uh, that you yeah. can inform them about and and talk to parents about because I think it's important that your philosophy because I think you have a lot of good philosophy uh, sure. a lot of good ideas a lot of good things sure. are happening and so I think it's important to know uh, in particular for players what you think important building blocks are for them. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I got on my whiteboard, I'm looking at my whiteboard right now, things that our kids are missing that we, we don't give them enough of. And one of this nutrition, you know, for a young athlete coming into our program, you know, we joke about the food stuff, but, it, you know, is he eating right? Do, do the parents know what to feed their son? Is he getting enough protein? Is he drinking enough water? Uh, a multivitamin? Um, is he taking that? You know, the little small things like that, um, I think are really important. I know your son does some extra training up north, and that, that, that stuff's important. You know, we, we can only do so much here. Um, if they're listening, listening three or four days a week here, can they do some supplemental stuff off of what we're doing? And absolutely they can. And our, our, we need to do a good job of, in our program of really letting people like yourself talk about what you've done with your kid and your son and giving parents more of a voice of what, what's been working and what's not. And, you know, another thing we haven't talked about on this podcast real quick is just, is your son sleeping enough? You know, where, where is he charging his phone? Um, is he on social media? Is he using it correctly? I don't think social media is all bad, but I, I've seen some kids really, you know, get wound up in it and not be able to sleep because of it. Um, so I think that's a building block too. We talk about our kids, what you're doing off the field when no one's watching, um, and just being a man and charging your phone in the kitchen and not doing it in your in, in your bedroom. So a lot of little things like that we can look at. And you know, the challenge of, of being a head coach of a program like this with 180 kids is what is your focus? I mean, you got to have a target, right? And and you, you can have only so many philosophies as far as what it looks like, but. At the end of the day, are you, what's your target? Are you hitting it? You know, and, and our, our target is to love each other. Um, and we got to hit that first. And then whatever else we hit on the dartboard, we're going to hit it. And because we're loving each other, we're going to win. And uh, I feel good about that. So, but those, I think the protein, the supplements, the, the multivitamins, the, the, the nutrition stuff is an important building block. And the sleep, you know, the, those two things, nutrition and sleep, are two things I think I would tell parents. We got to make sure we're trying to take care of that. Yeah, it, and it's tough because the kids have so many different distractions, both food-wise, game-wise, yeah. game phone-wise, girl-wise, right? The, that's always yeah. been a problem, but it's even all these other things that go on, it's hard, plus all the bad stuff that goes on as well. So it's hard to be a parent, but I think, and, and I said this when I dealt with your brother uh, and my middle daughter, Bradley Central. And yep. I said to him, look, we want to partner with you. We want to partner with the school. We want to know if yep. Olivia is doing something wrong. If there's something not right, we want to nip that as quickly as possible. And I think that this is a saying that people don't necessarily like sometimes, but it does. Right. It takes a village. It takes a community to raise a child because of Absolutely. all the different things. Uh, you know how it was when you were little. I know how it was when I was little. If I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble at home. If I got trouble down the street, 
you know, I could get my butt whipped down the street and then come home and get my butt whipped there. And I'm yep. not advocating spanking your kids or anything. I'm just advocating that yep. we all need to be involved in, in kids' sure. lives. Yep. Yep. I would agree with that hundred percent. So as we get ready to close out the podcast, coach, uh, I yep. ask all my guests this question because I think yep. it's important to highlight what people do. Um, and what they're involved in. So what's your favorite charity and why? Yeah, I, I read that question. And it really uh, got me thinking a lot about what, what my focus is with that, with charities and things like that. I have a type 1 diabetic daughter right now that's 10 years old. She was diagnosed at four and a half in intensive care for four days. And it was uh, probably the most stressful time of my life to see, first of all, not to know what's wrong with my daughter. Her, her to be in intensive care. And a couple of kids passed away in the floor that she was on up in Children's Hospital um, of cancer. So I, I don't have really one charity, but because my daughter's a type one diabetic, I've spent some time uh, looking at that and giving to that, uh, to, to that cause, I should say. But, and then I've also been affected by cancer um, in my life and, and not me personally, but people that I love. And um, it's such a frustrating disease. So those, I say those two things is cancer research and any type of cancer, uh, which there's a lot of different kinds. And then the type one diabetes is the two different types of things that I've given to recently that I'm passionate about because of uh, you know, life experiences. One of the reasons I, I started this podcast and, and you know this and, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty much an open book because of what's happened to me and, and my medical conditions forced me into retirement. And uh, so I can't do the things that I used to do. And I've sure. got some, you know, still got battles coming up and stuff like that. But one of the reasons I started this podcast was I, it changes your paradigm. And I was thinking yep. about sports, and I think our schools, our athletic programs, coaches, students, athletes, I just think Kankakee County in general and the surrounding areas uh, don't get the recognition they deserve. So here at the County Pulse podcast, you know, we're hoping that parents, players, and fans and, and their schools, yep. their programs uh, will take the time to tune in and hear not just about their team, but may, maybe about their upcoming opponents, but really to hear about the great things that are happening in our schools and in our community and highlight these, you know, these areas, programs and athletes. So I think it's important, you know, we have Chicago, probably Champaign, Springfield, getting into the St. Louis area that we get a lot of recognition, but Kankakee's kind of like that flyover area, that drive-by area. Yep. Yep. I agree. And I think we do a lot of great things. And, and I say we, I say we as a collective group. Um, yep, so that's why I started this. So it sounds to me like it's it's going to be an interesting year again for BB Varsity football. And, you know, we're excited as you're excited. Uh, kids, yeah. believe it or not, are excited to get back in the classroom and learning. I mean, I, I think the yeah. first week or two, they were like, this is great, you know. Right, right. Um, but they miss their friends and they miss that yep. interaction with other other folks. So we're anxious to get them back in, in the classroom and on the field and on the basketball court. So, you know, yep. as we move closer to this, and I know this is an ever-changing kind of atmosphere and, and, and year, you know, maybe as we get closer, things firm up. We can do maybe a preseason discussion of some great things, what you're seeing at BB. BB yeah. football, um, yeah, maybe just an update yeah. on IHSA stuff. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I would love that. Yep. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. I hope, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm more news here at three thirty about maybe phase two. You know what what the return to play looks like phase two. So yeah, anytime. And Jeff, you I mean. You can tell anybody and whoever's listening to this, they want to stop by and watch us practice. It's a pretty upbeat environment. Our kids love being at practice, and uh, it's kind of a stress relief for them. Even though we expect a lot, it's uh, anyone that's ever stopped and watched us practice always wants to come back. So you're welcome to come anytime. I know you got a kid in the program, and I, I, it doesn't matter to me. But anyone that you know that wants to come watch us practice, I think you find it to be a fun environment and a, a great place to be. Well, great. It was a pleasure talking with you, Coach, and uh, thanks for yep. coming on the County Falls podcast. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks for listening to the County Pulse Podcast. Make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The County Pulse. And drop a follow on each so you'll be able to take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond. And beyond.